0: Welcome to Coffee with James on this Thursday morning, the 2nd of September. A time where you can stop, a time where you can take time out from your day, uh, to reflect and to be enriched by the Book of Philippians. It's a, a new day. It's uh, the second day of spring. and I mean, we get to, today. We get to continue looking at the Book of Philippians. I'm excited. So I hope you you've. You're ready to to engage and to see what God has for us today. I've got my um, coffee here. It's just been made. I enjoy coffee. I don't know, maybe you enjoy cups of tea, um, but I enjoy a a hot coffee as I read God's word in the morning. And so today we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2 and we're going to be looking at verses 16 to 18. But as we read these verses, I, I want to read a couple of verses before because we need to be reminded of the context that we find ourselves in as we read God's word. In verse 12, it says, Therefore, the therefore is there because He's wants to say a few words in light of this beautiful hymn, this beautiful picture of Christ who humbled himself, who died on a cross, who then therefore got exalted. And so in light of that, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's in this context that we read verse 16. As you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. What will be our response to Jesus? To this new life that we have in him, being united to Christ shapes the way we live. There's been a question I've been asking each day this week, and the question is, how do we stand firm in an antagonistic world towards us? Or how do we stand firm in a world that is hostile? Well, Paul says, work out your salvation because God is at work in you. Yesterday we saw, do not grumble, which is really bizarre. It's being content. What is your greatest concern in day-to-day life? We have this imagery that Paul talks, he has this imagery here of running a race. All of us are running a race. We're all running a race either with our eyes fixed on death and what we want to accomplish before that, or we're running with our eyes fixed on what is to come, with their eyes fixed on the good news of what God is doing in us now and where we will be one day. How will you run? Because people are watching, you know, at the moment we've got the Paralympics, we've had the Olympics before that. We've got the Paralympics at the moment. When someone runs a race, people watch intently to see how they run. And the world is watching. Whether we know it or not, we're watching each other. We're taking the world in and we're seeing how people live. We're seeing what drives and what um, makes them do things. And we too are being watched. We're running a race. How will you run? How will you respond to adversity? Yesterday we saw that we're lights in this world. How are we going to shine? Are we going to be grumblers, and complainers or proclaimers and praisers? We're lights in the world, but we're we're lights in a different way. See, Paul—he's in chains. He's in chains for the gospel, and the result of that has led to the whole palace guard knowing that he's in chains for Christ. It'd be really—it'd be, it'd be fascinating to be like a fly on the wall to see what Paul talked about. Was he someone who was like, "Oh, damn it, darn it, I'm 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 here in chains again. The world's falling around me. Everything's going wrong," but. But actually, we don't get that glimpse of Paul. We get a different glimpse. We get the book of Philippians. It's a letter that's filled with rejoicing and joy. Why? Because God's at work in him. It's, It's not because of himself being strong and... Having it all together and having to put on a brave face. No, it's the result of God's work in him through Christ. It's actually this gospel, it's this him that helps him run this race. Rather than running a race with what he wants to accomplish in this life, he's gonna run a different race because he has a different perspective now because of Christ. See, Paul doesn't say work out yourself, he doesn't say work for your salvation, he says work it out. Work out what God's doing. Because as we work it out, as God is working in us, as you learn the truth of the gospel, you get a bigger picture of this hymn that Christ humbled himself and then he was exalted. It changes your day-to-day life. It changes the race that you run because we are all running a race. And Paul, it brings him great joy to know that the church at Philippi Philippi, it will bring him great joy to know that they are living that out. That they're shining like the stars. Because see, when you watch the Olympics, when you're watching the 100 metres, we're watching everyone. But imagine if one person was running different. They will run the the 100 metre hurdles in a a 100 metre race. It would shine. It would stand out. And in in our world right now, We have an opportunity to stand out as not being complainers and grumblers but to be people who are praising and proclaiming we have to live out who we are are we actively imitating christ see paul he's got he's got a big picture here for us he's saying when christ returns He's not saying, I want to boast in my achievements. I don't want to boast in who I am. He's going to boast in Christ. But when Christ returns, what kind of life will we have lived? Will we have lived a life of working out our salvation as God works in us? We understand the gospel and how it shapes our life. We will be people who are content in all things. Or will we be found ashamed because we lived as if this was all there is? How will we run the race? I, um, I found this, this quote from John Newton from centuries ago. And he, and he talks about complaining. Newton likened complaining to the following, or the following scenario. Suppose a man was going to New York to take possession of a large estate and his carriage should break down a mile before he got to the city. So he's inherited, he's got this beautiful estate that he's going to take ownership or possession of. Beautiful. And one mile away his carriage breaks down before he gets to the city, which obliged him to walk the rest of the way. So he'll walk that extra mile. What a fool we should think of him if we saw him wringing his hands and blubbering out all the remaining mile saying, My carriage is broken, my carriage is broken, my carriage is broken, my carriage is broken. We need to remember we've only got a mile to go. Soon we will see Christ. Soon we will be with Christ. Therefore, let's shine like the stars. Let me pray. Father God, help us in this moment to be enriched, help us to go deep into your gospel. I pray that we will grasp the height and the depth and the width of Christ's love for us so that we will be people, be a church that, that runs the race, that shines like the stars. May we be a church that, that's not complaining, but be people who are proclaiming. Father, give us a deep-centered contentment in Christ. So that when Christ returns, we can rejoice and be glad that we have run the race. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. So I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. Uh, not tomorrow. Um, but come and join us next Tuesday as we continue our series in the book of Philippians. A time where we can stop, rest and reflect on God's goodness. See you then.